What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath, and I am fired up for today's conversation. I got a nice rest this weekend. Yes, I did. We had a busy one last week, launching Creator Pages at The Juice. Go check out Creator Pages at The Juice. We are highlighting the people behind the content at the brands. If you're interested, go search for your name. If you pop up, claim your page. We have a wait list going. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Today's conversation, we're bringing up another piece of content. This one is how to build a B2B brand that stands out. Very relevant topic for us at The Juice and I know for the rest of the B2B marketing community. This one is from Alice, so shout out Alice. Um, I had a good time talking, listening in on this conversation between Pete, who's our VP of Marketing, and Dave Gerhardt. Ton of good nuggets in this one. Jonathan and I spend some time unpacking it. If you like what we're doing over here, just just tell a marketing friend to go listen to this podcast, would you? Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. As we record this, we are a day removed from a product launch. We launched Creator Pages this past week. And I got to say, I'm fired up. I am a little tired. I'm very energized, tired and energized at the same time, where I was very overwhelmed, I think in a good way by the response. And I think what it tells me by how we communicated what we're offering or what is going to be available to the market is that people believe that there is a rise in the individual creator. People believe that uh, their creators can help humanize their B2B brand, which can lead to better connections. And I don't know, man, I just saw a ton of positive energy. We're going to dive into an article before we get there. Creator Pages is live. How would you say the launch went? Like, what are your primary takeaways? It was awesome. I feel very much the same way you do. We've had, we're, we've been fortunate. We've had a few launches now where uh, they've been really exciting days and, and we felt those benefits. And then I think also exhausting, uh, like you mentioned. So what's fun, and I think you you recapped this with the team this morning, is that it's really not a finish line. The launch, it's really just the start line, right? So we've this is Creator Pages beta. Uh, so we're learning a lot already from it. Uh, we're going to continue to improve it, continue to grow it, continue to paint the vision for it as a team. And, and that's, that's the most exciting part. But it's been a crazy week. I kudos to you and the team. I was at a conference. Um, it was here in Indianapolis, but I was at a conference essentially Monday and Tuesday and a little bit of Wednesday when we actually launched, uh, which was nice. It was back in person. I was wearing a lanyard, which felt like it had been years since I wore a lanyard, but that was fun. Um, and just a little bit behind the scenes of the juice, I felt relatively uninvolved in the the mechanics of the launch. I, I supported some things where I have some experience, but um it was just so cool to like kind of sit back and watch it all unfold. Uh, kudos to you organizing the team. Kudos to the rest of the team for, you know, doing things like building the product and uh, promoting and sharing with customers. Um, so it, it was just, it was really fun for me to see. It feels like we are getting more reps at these launches and making them better for our stakeholders, which are members of the juice and customers of the juice. And we're really excited about what creator pages means for both of those audiences. So I got to, we haven't talked about this, but I would say the, if I think back into the year or so I've worked at the juice and I think about all the days and the moments, I would say like the most memorable moments are probably those launch days because of the flurry of activities that happen. Launches are great because they align the company 
every stakeholder, everyone has a responsibility. Should we be launching more things? Do you think we should be launching? Or is it, or is when you launch more things, do you lose some of that luster that of when you do it every, you know, few months or so? Yeah. Does it become white noise? Uh, that's a great question. I know at one point after our initial product launch, we talked about launchable moments and almost having one per month. And we've stayed with that rhythm to a certain degree. I think what we're finding is like, there are certainly, you know, not every launch is created equal. Um, and that's okay. I, you know, whether you call them, I've heard them called a tent pole moments where like kind of build up to them launch and then kind of build up to another one. I've heard, I'm, I'm a big fan of some people would say is jump the shark, but the, the category building playbook and they call them lightning strikes. And one of the, the biggest benefits of lightning strikes uh, they say is that it does align the business internally. I think so many people think about launches and the impact that it has externally in the market, but just like you said, it does such a good job of aligning the team internally as well. I think that's a hidden benefit of launches. So instead of uh, continuing to dance around that question, uh, I've rambled enough to, I think, uh, make up my mind that yes, I think we should think, start thinking about what is our launch cadence, right? Uh, in addition to, you know, what's the next big thing and we'll figure out when it's going to happen. I think we should start building towards a cadence that makes sense for us, whether that's monthly, quarterly, every other month. We've proven now that we can do them well as a team and uh, we continue to build upon them. So I would be excited for more of them. So I ha- before we get off the creator pages topic, there's a lot of creators that listen to this show. And remember, we had the caveat, beta. We're, we're working through some things right now. But I do want to tell everyone out there who is interested in creator pages, we do have a wait list going. We launched with a group of 20 plus uh, beta group of creators that are helping us learn a little bit about what we should work on, emphasize, and you know, just like any beta. But there, we also, based on the feedback yesterday, understand a lot of you want your own creator page and we want you to have that. So we're going to work on this experience. But for now, if you are interested in being a part of the waitlist, go to the juice. You got to sign up, definitely become a member. It's free. Search for your name. What's going to happen is either your profile is going to pop up. And if it does, claim the page and you'll be on the waitlist. If not, there is a button that you can hit that will email us directly and say, you'd like to be a part of the waitlist. So we're working through that experience. We've been talking a lot about it internally, but we'd love for you to join the waitlist because I'll be communicating to you about timing. We're going to do another deal where everyone gets access and we're, we're talking through that internally. So before we get off the topic, any other remarks you want to mention that I might've forgotten, Jonathan? I'll just say one of the best parts of every launch is the phone call the night before the launch when you have an oh shit moment. And uh, Brett, you and I had that Tuesday night before the Wednesday morning launch. Uh, part of that was kind of the experience of searching for and finding your creator page and us realizing not a great experience at this point in time. So do exactly what Brett said. If you can't follow that, get a hold of us like Twitter, you know, email. We're out there, LinkedIn, however you want to find us and let us know and we'll, we'll figure that out in the short term. But yeah, it, it was a ton of fun. Uh, we're really proud of the product we've built and uh, ultimately it's for you. So would love for you to jump in there, see what you think of it and let us know. Awesome. So we're going to jump into an article. Jonathan's going to lead the way on this one. I'm going to kind of be guinea pig and answer some of the questions. 
it'll be a conversation like most of these are. But to set the stage, we pulled a piece from the juice. It is from Alice. Alice is a brand that we really like. We think they do really good marketing. And the piece is, if you're a juice member, you can look it up. It is called How to Build a B2B Brand That Stands Out. This is a conversation between Pete, who is their VP of marketing, and a guy that has a little bit of a following that you might know. He did some things at Drift, Dave Gerhardt. So I read the piece and then I watched the video, which was a conversation between the two. And I was like, this is like my wheelhouse. They're having some good chat. They're breaking down brand building, a lot of good stuff. Jonathan, I'm going to toss it to you. Maybe talk about what you learned start the questions. Let's just get it going. Yeah. So to set the stage, uh, which I, I really liked that I think a lot of times people, when they're sharing recorded video content, they just think like, oh, we'll drop the recording in and people will watch that because everyone's sitting around wondering what they're going to do for 20, 30 minutes. Uh, but I really liked that this Alice piece was the recording as well as kind of the uh, uh, the highlights or the, the, I hesitate to call them cliff notes because it is, it's in-depth detail on the actual conversation. So it's really nice. However, you want to digest the information you could. But uh, what they do setting up the conversation is they show Scott Brinker's MarTech landscape, which uh, so many people I'm sure listening to this are familiar with. If you're not, go look it up. It looks like a Where's Waldo map. It's even worse than Where's Waldo. Um, Waldo would be easy to find in this because all the logos are so small, he would stand out. But it talks about building a brand from complete scratch. And the two questions uh, that it uses to tee up everything else in the article is, how do you become personal and thoughtful about engaging and reaching out to customers and buyers? And how do marketing ca- campaigns succeed in an environment where everyone looks and sounds the same? And you look at this Scott Brinker map and it is like, you know, I think there's all the jokes about, you know, just add a, a Fi to the end of it. Like when Spotify came up, Shopify, everyone was adding Fi. I think B2B SaaS, like everyone just combines two words together and capitalizes the second word. You and I worked at exact target. We're, we're guilty of uh, that. But you've done this from scratch. You've built a brand that we have very intentionally from day negative tried to say, we want to stand out in this B2B landscape of the sameness. At a high level, before we maybe dig into some of the uh, other questions posed by the article, how did you approach standing out uh, and building a brand that jumps off the page, jumps off the Scott Brinker's MarTech landscape? So I think being very intentional, I think recognizing, so dating myself, I re, I've been following Scott Brinker's uh, chart for a while. And I actually remember when you could like look at it and not squint and be like, be like, oh yeah, they're uh, a sales target we're going after. Oh, and I remember being able to like look through it and scan it and like basically know the categories and know all the players. Now that's next to impossible unless you want to make it your full-time job. And I think because the space is so saturated and there's so many companies, that is the opportunity where I view this, and this might sound bombastic. It, it Maybe it doesn't. Maybe some people can relate to it. But I think just in general, everyone's pretty much outside or inside the categories. If you're inside of a category, everyone's pretty much building the same shit. Everyone's building the same stuff. It's got the same features. And it's like this feature race to talk about who does their stuff the fastest, who has more customers. And that's just the way B2B has been for so long. And I really view that as like the companies are commodities, much much like, you know, we have 
stuff that we rely on on a day-to-day basis as human beings. Like we've, you know, we've got utilities within our house that, you know, we take showers, we expect the water to come. Like there are things within marketing that we buy and we just have, and we expect that. And they're just utilities. And so I feel like we're, we're in this era where there's so many companies and you can just look at these things as just commodities. The opportunity is to spend time thinking about how you differentiate thinking about how you position yourself, thinking about the types of things you want to invest in in order to stand out. And the wrapper that I always like to think about it from a brand perspective is, what are you going to do to add value consistently to a community? And I want to say community from the perspective of community to me isn't about quantity. Like I really don't care. Like, yes, volume matters. We need like more is better in a lot of cases, but I don't think when you're building brand, you can start off that way. Like you really want to find the type of people that when you're writing an email newsletter, you get responses to, because people said, you know what? Like, that's like, that's like, one of my peers would write me that letter and I appreciate your value. So appreciate what you're saying there. So I think just when, when I was thinking about this at the juice and what we were doing to me, it was, it's been a lot of fun just because I'm basically marketing and building a brand to people just like me. So it's, it's, it's easy. It's easier than it has been at other previous stops and companies. But I think in something they talk about in the conversation, I, I like, I'm just me. Like I write like me. I talk like me. I'm just me. Like, I don't know how to do it any other way. I don't know how to be somebody different. So like when I'm on Twitter, when I'm on this podcast, when I'm writing blogs, when I'm writing our newsletter, when I'm DMing with someone, like I'm just going to be myself and it works for me. And I think everyone at the juice does that. And so I think that's like a really good starting point and a good foundation they talk about. And we definitely emphasize that the juice is just people want to build connections with authentic people that they can relate with. And we do that. And I'm happy that no one tries to be someone different because it makes my job a lot easier. And I feel like the more we lean into us as a team and a collective, like the more people online, like they might not say right away, like I'm going to become your customer or I'm going to jump in and be a member, but like they want to communicate with us. And then when you build those relationships, then people start doing the things that your business is trying to drive towards, like driving membership, like using the juice for content distribution. So like, that's how I've been thinking about it. It's just like being real and just be yourself and always try to provide value. I like that. That kind of leads into the article kind of as it unfolds, uh, the article and the video. Gerhardt, Dave Gerhardt defined brand as your reputation. Brand is how you can get people to know, like, and trust you before they buy. You've been building the juices reputation before there was even anything to buy. Uh, so I'm curious, what, what would you say the juices reputation is right now? And is it what you want it to be long-term? Yeah, I think I think we have a we have a so I always view I think Dave's uh, analysis on brand and reputation are strong. I always like to think about it as like on the personal side and on the brand side. Like if you're if you aren't in the room and other people are talking, like when the juice comes up or when Brett McGrath comes up, like what are people saying? And I would say like from my point of view, it's never it'll probably just as an ambitious marketer, it'll probably never be exactly where I want it to be. 
but I think we have built something in this is as a team, like we have built something that I think when our name comes up, like this, this literally happened right before we got on, like we're partnering with uh, Corey at swipe files and we're helping uh, host their content. This from the swipe files community on the juice and Corey tweets it out like as an announcement and just the reaction is great. Like, you know, people are, I like the juice juice is great. And it's just like, that's that to me is a positive brand sentiment. And I think sometimes people compromise that too early where they're, they say all these people are fans or people say nice things about us and everyone goes and leans in and says, okay, well, like, how can we sell? How can we monetize? How can we make money off of these people? And I think that's kind of a limited mindset of we all eventually want to get there. And I think I'm thinking about those things a lot. Like how can we begin to make a turn and take some of these fans that we have and people who love to use the juice and start to, you know, drive more revenue from them. But I think it's just, a, it's a delicate balance. So I would say I'm very happy in a year's time. And, and it's only been a year. That's the other thing. Like this stuff takes a long time in a year. I couldn't be more excited about what we've done, but obviously there's always areas of opportunity. And most of those from a brand guy comes along with like, how do we figure out how to drive more revenue from what we're doing? Yeah. It's music to the CEO's ears, driving more revenue. Cool. So uh, then kind of curving back to creator pages, because uh, I loved the, uh, this article talks about authenticity, but I loved this very authentic perspective that kind of just appeals to like, I think the reptilian part of all of our brains uh, it said, in short, buyers want to convince their bosses, succeed personally, all while spending the company's money. Like, you know, you can talk about, we can talk about like, reputation. And I think use a lot of corporate buzzwords and B2B buzzwords, but like at the end of the day, people want to look really smart, look really smart to their bosses and do it with the company's budget in a way that's responsible. So creator pages, uh, you've talked a lot about internally and externally about how it's a way to highlight people who are uh, the humans behind the brands. How are creator pages supporting People who you know really want to succeed very personally want to either show their their business or their audience kind of their portfolio, and then how are you thinking about what that means from a brand building and, and a driving revenue perspective, like you just mentioned? Yeah, I think with creator pages, I, to me, it's like a product that I'm so excited to be a part of because it's something that I believe helps um, trend towards kind of where we're going in B two B marketing. And to, to me, one of the things I think we all need to start thinking about more on the on B2B marketing side, and this is like leadership all the way down, is how can we empower our people to be our strongest distribution channel? And how can we empower creators who want to have strong personal brands? How do we not look at that as not as conflict, but as something that's very positive? You know, the fact of the matter is, is like all of the great conversations and interactions that are happening in the B2B space are happening right now between people. These aren't necessarily your salespeople. These eventually will be your salespeople, which is great, but it really, it can start from the creator perspective. This is joining Slack communities. This is Twitter DMs. This is all of those things that people are doing and letting someone or letting people or your whole team like feel like that they're someone who's waving the company flag by being themselves, being authentic, sharing content, sharing value, like letting that happen, I think is a really, really good thing. And that's what we're like 
we're trying, that's the point we're trying to get across with creator pages is like, if, if I'm in a room with a, I don't care what, what size company you are. I don't care how much revenue you have. I think there's no way that you can, in a conversation, there's no way you can deny that it's a bad idea to have your content creators out there on the front lines, building those relationships and that not have a positive impact for your brand, which in turn will have a positive impact on your bottom line. And I, I view creator pages as a, a vehicle to help make more of those relationships happen. Cause we're giving, you know, the creators control and access to their portfolio of work. And also mind you, by the way, an opportunity to point anybody who comes across their page to a call to action, which in my analysis of what's out there at this point, it had been a lot of company newsletters, uh, you know, things like that. So that, that's kind of how I think about it. I, th- I think about B2B shifting our mindset a little bit differently. And I'll tell you, like from a hiring perspective and like future building out the team, like my whole mindset has changed in terms of like what, what I think we need or what, the value of the type of persona that would come into our hemisphere. And I think a lot of that is just comes from the creator point of view and those people that are out there building relationships with other like-minded people and communities. Love that. That's really good. All right, Brett, how am I doing being the interviewer this time around? You're good. These are good questions. I'm, I have a lot to say. Yes. All right. Awesome. Um, okay. The, the last kind of prepared question I had, uh, they, in the article saying strong brands build momentum. I love the word momentum, like personally, professionally. Uh, I just think so much of life is like, you know, um, when you're on a hot streak, like ride it, right? Like pour back into that. And certainly you're going to meet times when you're not. And it's like, okay, how do you find momentum? I think you and I even recorded an entire podcast around the concept of momentum. But this talks about marketing becomes easier as you build momentum. When you have a strong view, a passionate audience, product market fit, people carry your message further. Kind of like, yeah, duh. But you and I started this podcast by talking about the momentum from launch. You asked, should we have more launches? So I'm curious, like we very clearly have, you know, momentum's relative. Momentum at the juice is different from momentum at Salesforce, but we have momentum as it pertains to the juice. How do you as a marketer think about or worry about maintaining and continuing to build on that momentum? Is it more launches? Is it something different? What, what does momentum mean to you in your role? I think ask me this question three to five years ago, what I would say would be like, let's go build the new thing and let's go continue to push new things in the marketplace and let's go, go, go. Where now I feel like, especially on the heels of this creator pages launch, I like I can't wake up the next day and not just reflect on the sentiment, thinking about the experience people are going through to visit the juice for the first time, thinking them seeing the news, them talking to people, them thinking what's possible and not just see tons of opportunity. And so instead of like me being an ambitious person wanting to go move on to the next project, like I want to take a step back and think about creator pages. And I want to think about the things that we don't have buttoned up. And I want to button those things up. And I want to think about the feedback that we have. And I want to inject that into our product. I want to think about what our communication can be to the wait list. I want to think about all these things because it's not often that like, I don't know, we launch so much stuff. And as a marketer, you got to get comfortable with failing because so much of what I've done in my career has been a failure. It's just the nature of being marketer. a marketer. You got to be okay with failing. 
when I woke up this morning and I thought about what happened yesterday with creator pages and what's continuing to happen, like definitely not a failure. Like people are talking, this is interesting to people. And the fact that we have done something in a year's time that is interesting enough to people for the amount of engagement we've gotten across social media has me really reflecting on, okay, how do we not let this fizzle, but how do we build off of it? I think the more we think about these moments and anyone out there as a marketer, when you do something that gains a positive reaction, like take a step back, reflect, and think about how you can double down and invest and make it bigger and better. I think a lot of the best companies out there have found a way to do this immediately. I'm thinking, I'm looking down as I'm talking and I'm pulling up my iPhone and it's like, this thing has been a part of everyone's life for forever, you know, and it continues to improve. It continues to get better and people continue to buy it. So I don't know. The iPhone wasn't always Apple's number one product, but I would imagine it's Apple's number one product too. So I think about, I think a lot about that and those examples when I think about what we're doing at the juice. Yeah, I, I would echo that sentiment. I think like it's kind of maybe the sign of a maturing marketer a little bit. Like I think no matter if it's a success or a failure, like if you don't stop to think about what made it a success or what made it a failure and how you can do more of what did work and less of what didn't work, uh, it's going to be impossible to continue to build momentum. I think you're going to get like flashes in the pan, right? But I think unless you're really reviewing what's happening uh, you're not going to continue to build on momentum. And I said momentum's relative depending on business. You know, I, I think a year from now, momentum will look very different at the juice than it does right now. I think that'll be because we'll continue to build on the things that are working and continue to not do the things that aren't working. So I love that perspective. Brett, that's all the questions I had prepared. Well, actually, I prepared more questions, but I didn't ask all of them. What, else, good what, else, what do I do at the end of the interview? Um, I, I feel like I, Ron I, Burgundy. I don't know what to do with my hands. I, I want to mention one thing. I, I do appreciate there was a gold cast shout out in that conversation, which was cool. Shout out gold. Gold cast got some recognition because they're modern day marketers doing things. This is what happens when you are doing things different, not trying to be a commodity. People talk about you. And we use gold cast as an example in our career page launch. And then it was fun to see Dave and Pete talk about gold cast too. So there's that. Maybe we'll leave. I want to maybe turn the tables back to you because maybe we can close out with this because Dave Gerhardt was talking about like founders and their perception of marketing. So here's a question. Like, here's a question that was presented. Like, as a founder, what is good marketing like? Like, we talked a lot in this conversation about brand, but like, you're a marketer, but you're also a founder. But how would you summarize like what, what is good marketing? Dang, that's like a tough question to turn around on me. Uh, and I, I should probably have a better answer to this, but I think like, yeah, like it's intangible a little bit, right? Like, you know it when you see it, you feel it, but you like, I think when it's tough to pin down it, I, th- I think there's marketing that performs that's easy, like coin operated a little bit. Like, I think there's a lot of paid tactics that are like, that's good because conversion rate's high and it's working and put more in and you get more out. But like, I think what like people really react to and builds long-term relationships is, is a little bit like intangible and you don't, you don't know how to define it, but you know it when you see it, hear it, feel it. And I think uh, it's just really, really authentic and humane. I love it. I want to thank the Alice team. I actually spent 40 minutes today watching a video of two marketers talk about marketing, which I don't do enough, but I took notes. It was exciting. We had a conversation about it. So shout out Alice 
Any closing remarks before we get out of here, Jonathan? You spent 40 minutes listening to two marketers talk about marketing, and then you spent another 40 minutes with another marketer talking about two marketers talking about marketing. It's impressive before, stuff. Before this, I had a 30-minute conversation with a marketer talking about marketing. So, so well, that's the world I live in. I would say uh, maybe unplug tonight and uh, don't do marketing for a little bit, but Always exciting to uh, share perspective with other, other great marketers. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Brett. I love exploring the topic of how to build brand. What is brand? It is something that I think a lot about. I spend a lot of time and energy in that lane. I'm not a master. I'm always trying to learn. I think there's so many people who think about it in so many lanes, in so many ways, that if we can bring it on this podcast and spend some time to talk about it, we're gonna do that. So special thanks to Pete, Alice, and team for that piece of content. Really enjoyed this one. Go check out Alice and what they're doing. Very cool brand. We'll be back on Friday, more Modern Day Marketer. Take care.